0: One. Hello, welcome to Earth Preserve. This is the podcast that discusses the environment. I'm here in the studio today with Andrew, uh, Archie, Harry, and Mark, and myself, Henry. And uh, you know, today we want to expand the scope of our convo- of what we normally talk about, which is related to the environment, but also to systems as a whole. Um, now, over the weekend, myself, uh, I've had a bit of a had a Karl Marx revelation. Now I'm joking. Um, but essentially, what I found was is I, I found uh, sort of myself drifting towards more leftist policies, thinking that, they, you know, just a, a slightly better idea. And uh, before we uh, began the show, we were talking very about the NHS and, and systems. And um, in the UK, it's very much consensus that of consensus politics that the NHS is, um, you know, it, it, the NHS should exist it it should be funded we we must have socialized medicine in this country because no electorate no electorate is ever going to vote in a party that wants to get rid of that unless there's some massive swing in public opinion for some reason but harry you were mentioning something about um, the alternative to the, to the nhs in the uk yeah i mean
1: i i'm no, uh i'm no fan of the nhs and i'm not a great supporter of private healthcare either anymore but uh I'm familiar with the the pro-private healthcare arguments, and they largely center around the, the observation, firstly, that everyone deserves as a human right to universal healthcare, secondly, the market is the most efficient provider of most resources. So it, it suggests that a, a, a market, a free market, and I'll, I can explain if you want to why America is not a free market in healthcare, but a free market in healthcare with health insurance providers is the most efficient It's the most efficient way of, of uh, giving people the, the healthcare that they need. Um, but they can, they can make it universal by basically granting everyone a tax deductible based on the cost of a mid-tier or minimum tier, a health insurance scheme, in other words, everyone will receive the money in tax deductions to pay for the healthcare scheme, but they have the free choice over which healthcare scheme they pick, which allows us to have universality and competition
0: okay well i've got i, I don't know how well you know the 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 study, but you seem well versed in it um, are you do you not worry that um, there will always be that privacy incentive to uh, there'll always be that incentive for the you know the poorest in a society who end up may not getting treated by private companies They're the same as a, as a private company's goal would necessarily be to profit or would this be a privately owned company but owned by the government but ran autom- autonomously
1: well it's quite difficult to maintain a, a proper separation between government and, and government ownership and sort of private management uh, I think countries that try to end up with a degree of corruption in the in the infrastructure because profit motive plus absolute state power tends to be a, a, a bad mixture I think china's state run industries are to an extent a fair fair example um, but I think that when it comes to the poorest in society um, people who propose this scheme still include some form of universal subsidy People under a certain income threshold, as well as a subsidy for people over a certain age threshold, and a total subsidy for people on un, uh, people under that age threshold as well. So, 18 down and 65 plus is, is often, uh, you know, you, you'll still receive an insurance subsidy.
2: I think, uh, Mary, Harry, and Henry, uh, when talking about this, we can we can use the example of countries like Japan or Germany. I I know Japan's health system better, and it is based on private insurance, which is. Or it's based on insurance, which is compulsory, but for low income families and for those who can't afford themselves, the government subsidizes it. So I think you can get you can very much get a best of both world scenario where there is still some incentive um, to keep prices down because Japan has, you know, relatively low healthcare costs compared to countries with other other countries' socialized healthcare, but also has essentially one hundred percent coverage and has one of the best, you know, overall rated healthcare
0: systems in the world. I mean that... I, sorry, just I want to point out is that um, there are a lot of American hospitals um which just have all of the state of the art equipment, all of the best beds, best nurses. And you'll get a private room. So, um, and this, I'm not complaining that I want a private room in the NHS, I couldn't give a crap. You know, I could walk because of the NHS, I was born with club feet. Um, uh, but at the same time, it does seem that in some places in the US, the standard of of like the facilities the infrastructure in the hospitals and in the in the care facilities seems to be so much higher so i mean just something to observe there
1: yeah i mean i've seen the data on this and um, in the us they have the the highest rate of private private hospital rooms per per patient uh, in the world and they have sort of the highest cancer survival rates and, but with that having been said, 600, was it 643,000 people in America go bankrupt every year because they can't afford medical bills. Try to imagine how many people that is you know, across, across a decade. 643,000 a year. Bankruptcy. Um, what was it? Um, Three million children have no health insurance in America. I mean, your family will, will starve if your child gets a heart problem. Uh, people, I think something like 40% of Americans say that they often forgo hospital and medical trips because they're worried about the cost of it. I think that, uh. Uh, that, that's a very significant consideration when it comes to uh, healthcare. And this creates also a dangerous cycle because it means that because people don't do doctors checkups because they because it's not free and it ends up costing them more. Uh, they then get sicker and sicker. And then if they would have if they would have gone earlier, then their treatment would have been cheaper. But because they have to wait longer and longer before they can act until it's the last minute to get treatment because they it costs so much money. Then it ends up costing even more money and it makes this cycle yeah. continue and it gets worse
2: absolutely and this gets this gets even worse or even harder to deal with, with when you consider that it's mostly state governments that are responsible for um deciding how much they use medicare or how far they implement medicaid so in some states if you're born with some sort of um condition for a condition that could end up being really expensive it's completely covered but in other states you know you will go bankrupt so it's not just a whole national thing it's also on the local level level where it's really really messy yeah.
3: There's also a slight problem with the health care, because obviously the worse your health gets, the more the insurance premiums with cost. Just like if you have a car, you are driving, you have to pay more because you're more at risk. And it's the same with uh, life insurance. But I probably up a Germany um, situation where for the public health care, public health insurance, they're forced to accept you anyway, and you pay a percentage of your income. I think the maximum is about €400 Euros a year. And then you can become, everyone has to have health care insurance, but you can only pay a maximum of 400 if, you, if you're compulsory insured. And then you have a voluntary insured, which is that's from of private health care, and they don't have to accept you if, let's say, like a serious health problem like cancer, where it's going to cost them much more than the premium is, so they'll lose money. And I think it's a much better system, because then everyone's able to get affordable health care by paying the maximum if you earn about 52 Thousand euros a year, you need to pay four hundred euros for your healthcare. And I think it's much better system than what they have in the states, where it's fully privatized, and necessarily what they have in the UK, where it's a multi-payer system. So it's single single payer, so you pay, and you might not use the healthcare at all, but you still have to pay a lot more each year.
0: I mean, pointing out the voluntary part of US healthcare and the insurance whether it's compulsory or not as well as medicaid and obamacare um you just have to think because i met some americans and i was speaking with them they were at a university in tennessee and they said oh no no no. we don't go to the hospital you know it was crazy i was able to go to the nhs and they charged me a hundred pounds to use it and i was like That's still quite a lot of money. And they're like, yeah, but that's in comparison to the 300 pounds I once had to pay for a GP appointment in the US. And I thought, holy bleep the word. Um, And I just, I was was shocked because, you know, they said, oh, no, one of our friends, unfortunately, died because he didn't go to the hospital for his appendicitis because he didn't have health insurance. Or can you imagine what it's like with coronavirus in the US right now? For I think it's 17 million Americans aren't insured. What are they supposed Something to do? Like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's also it's even more if you count people who aren't fully insured because there's a lot of yeah. people who are partially
3: insured, but that doesn't. Really I mean, th-
1: these these health insurance schemes are are designed to cover you as little as they can because additional coverage is additional costs. So a lot of people will have healthcare, you know, health insurance they think will be will be good enough, but it'll be. they'll only pay for your um, medicine if it's over a certain threshold so if you have you know 20 pounds a week um uh medicine you know that's a lot of money over a year but the health insurance company will only start paying for it once it reaches over 25 pounds um which which really does does introduce problems for a lot of people um but 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 in, in america um i mean you compare the the american uh, healthcare system to the Cuban one, uh, and this is, this is this is a quite a common comparison. And of course, it's a poor comparison because there are differences in labour costs and capital costs. But but in Cuba, their life expectancy is higher. Um, they they have significantly more, I think double, uh, the doctors per, per head, and their health insurance expenditure uh, as a total sort of sector, not not just factoring in here government spending, is, is is about the same. And a lot of this comes down to mentality, which is something you need to mention when talking about um, healthcare. When when healthcare is regarded as a private good, a way to make money, so neurosurgeons are paid four hundred thousand pounds. Whilst it's true that it does incentivize neurosurgeons to come there, it doesn't incentivize neurosurgeons to to come who are, who are there purely for, I suppose, love of, of human life or love of you know saving people and making making them better. Mm. Um, in Russia, in the Soviet Union, um, I think it, it would take you something like twenty years to to finish the equivalent of your res- residency for a lot of areas and whilst you might think this would dissuade people the the mentality difference that you have in the russian healthcare system means that its its standard of care is extremely high today
0: yeah i mean when we're getting into the issue of, of, of health care as well um the uk's essentially uh, i'm just going to go out on a limb i'm going to say the nhs uh, without the extra capacity injected and the money injected by the government to set up field hospitals etc uh wouldn't have the ability to cope and to some degree it hasn't the nhs as the doctors have been doing their best but if they were given if they'd been proper funded i would say for the last 10 years and i'm not and i'm not you know politicizing this i'm not going tory scam whatever austerity blah, blah 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 but uh germany 20 odd years ago, uh, there were protests about this, voted to let's fund our healthcare system really, 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 really well to the point where it was a, such a high GDP that they spend on healthcare that, um, you know, there were protests about it. But look at look at them now. They've reaped the benefits. I think they only had 3,000 coronavirus deaths uh, compared to the UK's, what, 40,000? 30, 30,000, 40,000 now? Um, so it just it comes to the issue is that, okay, well, clearly, for a country to properly work uh, and be able to survive things like pandemics, which we are going to see more of, this is just like, it's probability. We don't understand probability. Pandemics are the more era. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're going to see another pandemic, especially in our lifetime. Well, I think that's yeah. completely possible.
2: No, that, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, there's constant travel between countries. And also, interestingly enough, so the pandemic that came from China, coronavirus, was caused by very poor sanitation in wet markets and China was called to ban them, I think, back in 2003 after a virus broke out there Um, that spread internationally again but was slightly better contained and yet this time China has still not banned the wet markets so there's a very good chance we're going to see yet another outbreak from there soon because it's happened twice already.
3: The thing is, oh, I I think the... Personally, the NHS system is broken and it's pointless to pump more money into a broken system because you can't fix a problem by throwing more money, however much money you do throw at it. And we already spend about £167 billion, sorry, £137 billion a year on the NHS. But if we implement a new system like Germany where you have compulsory public health insurance, everyone has to have health insurance. But it max out, maxes out at £400 a year for the max income bracket that we for the compulsory insurance. You can go and get private insurance, we can already get that in the UK. And it means that those less well off can not have to pay so much, uh, which they already do in, don't do in the UK. But it means those who don't take it goes into a pot and it's not come, necessarily coming from central government spending. But it, a health insurance system, I feel, works better, even when it's a, like a public public insurance and then you have private insurance as well as um as kind of voluntary insurance on it
1: i mean there's an additional consideration which is the way that healthcare prices are regulated so i'm sure we're all familiar with the case of, of aids medication where it was inflated 1000 percent in america over over two or three years um another good one is i i I've I may be wrong with these numbers, but but last time I checked, the cost of two epipens in America is six hundred dollars. So you know, it, unless you're going to die from your allergic reaction, given remembering here that forty percent of Americans uh, have ten dollars or less in the bank account, and sixty percent have a hundred dollars or less. Okay,
2: that that can't. I I, I think it's something like forty percent of Americans can't afford a sudden five hundred dollar expense, but. It's really difficult for me to believe that forty percent have ten dollars or less in their bank account. Sure, I believe it's
1: ten dollars or net less net, net worth, worth, actually. Yes, oh, that worth. okay. Yeah,
2: that so makes it, sense it
1: because, yeah, sorry, okay, that,
2: that's more but, accurate. Yeah, <laughs> so we have to be careful with that because if yeah. it was if it was that low, it would be like America's a third world country or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. I think that that yes, absolutely, net worth is different. But but regardless, I mean, a, a three hundred dollar shot. For uh, for eating peanuts compared to maybe an hour and a half of light asphyxiation for families where where they are barely scraping by, uh, I I can absolutely see which one of the the awful options they have to pick, and and that's a concern for uh, for, for private, private uh, healthcare. Um, with that having been said, in America, sixty uh, percent of of healthcare spending is, pri- is is government spending. So whilst it is Whilst it does operate a, a private or, or free market system, the main spender and the main purchaser in, in that system is the government, which does have distortionary effects on, uh, on the market. But, but I think regardless, without some form of price capping or price negotiation, uh, probably better, uh, from the government in, in a private healthcare uh, sphere, you'll end up with these awful AIDS and, uh, and EpiPen situations.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's the same with the price of insulin. What, a vial is $400, so people, diabetics have had to... Ra- There's been stories of diabetics rationing their insulin, which is just, it's just crazy. I mean, I kind of feel like it... Um, this is quite a barbaric comparison, but it's almost a little bit like The Purge, is, is kill off the people who can't afford... Uh, kill off, kill, essentially killing poor people who have diseases, which are perfectly treatable. And everyone in the UK who has diabetes gets their insulin. They don't have to ration it and they don't have to pay for it. I I, I feel it's a little bit discriminatory.
2: That's 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 a sort of horrific thing because when sixty percent of the um, medical spending is stuff that are paid for by the government, it gives companies, you know, great opportunity to sort of make the most money they can out of the government because hey, it has unlimited pockets. Like with military contracts. In a truly free market, you know, the I think insulin is not in itself sort of patented if i if i'm correct so anybody can make insulin um or at least patents do expire
0: over time i hope i'm getting this sort of correct here but oh sorry um no it's quite horrible this researchers have been trying to make an open source right so you can anyone can make insulin but you have to pay a fee for how you make it so um it's more necessarily that um Yes, you can make your own insulin, but you you won't be able to distribute it Um, because it's not insulin itself, which is patented. It's the method in which you make it. And so what researchers are trying to do at the minute is make an open source version to develop insulin uh, that they would be able to sell, that anyone could sell. And of course, everyone would jump in and start um, making it, which would lower the price. But I mean, it's quite disgusting because the companies renew their patents yeah Isn't i was
2: just imagining for a second there that with the you know with the um fa- fee on how you produce insulin that each time your body made insulin in some sort of dystopian reality you would have to pay um but we're not we're not there yet Best maybe, st- maybe, late stage capital, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah um well i mean here's an interesting point to be raised with private healthcare um there's a it's gonna be a little bit longer but but there's a a very very famous study Uh, called the market for lemons uh, which is on on the nature of information asymmetry and missing markets and basically what it notes is that in in areas of in in markets where there are um, information discrepancies between buyers and and sellers you end up with a reduction in the proper production of, of goods so in healthcare for example um a buyer of healthcare knows whether or not they've been feeling sick recently in a way that a health insurance provider might not be able to tap. Additionally, a health insurance provider knows the costs of um, production better than a health insurance um, a purchaser does. Uh, an example of that is that in America, you're charged about $80 for using one of those um, those drips when the cost of production of a drip is, is like $1.25.
2: The cost of the actual medicine, because hospitals often don't tell you uh how much it costs for civic medicine or how much it costs to be hospitalized for certain amount of time it's really difficult to get that information
1: right these are significant information failures in the market but basically what happens is um i'll give a really brief summary of it um when there are information gaps between the buyers and the sellers and um the purchasers are less willing to commit themselves to the risk of getting a bad deal Um, because they're less willing to commit themselves to the risk the average price that a seller can sell their goods for falls because there are fewer uh, purchasers. and when the average price falls um, the amount because it costs more to provide a good service than a bad service the p- proportion of the market that's made up of bad services increases because the good services are pushed out and over time and it depends on the market it depends on the time frame but over time we see the best of the services made too expensive for a seller to, to produce as, as consumers become more and more scared to put themselves into the market on the basis that they may well end up with a really bad health insurance plan. Yeah. In, in the long run, you end up without a market at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is the issue is that, um, and, and, you know, I was re- we've started to learn about Karl Marx in my economics lessons is that he stated that capitalism would, would ultimately fail, um, and i'm i'm inclined to say that it's possible um you know nothing nothing is inevitable in life you know i mean i it's you know this are crazy times for it um so when it comes to ending up with all the with the market for healthcare and when something becomes a basic human right in in one of those rights is rights to life so surely healthcare should be a universal requirement um how how on earth does um does capitalism keep us where we are now? It's got to, it's got to change from this point is this is the, this is the perfect time as well because everything, you know, billions of dollars worth of market value have been wiped off the table. Maybe it's time to go, this is kind of volatile and doesn't really work. Um, So maybe if we, uh, you know, tried doing something else, then maybe that would work. I mean, what are people thoughts on that? Cause I'm up for something else at the minute because it doesn't seem to be working in the way that it should.
1: But- I'm with you entirely here, Henry. Um, I mean, I, I think a point, a point to note with uh, with socialism is that socialism is not just an economic system. It's a, a social system. Um, one of the issues that we see at the moment is the collapse in the moral fibre of of, of of the people in, in, in pretty much all, all capitalist countries around the world. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of media that we see. Um, is Marvel films which as Martin Scorsese notes are effectively just you know hedonistic theme parks and um, you know uh, t- teenage pregnancy rates whilst admittedly the they're falling are very much promoted by an enormously consumed uh, proportion of, of, of popular culture um, you know, comedy has, has sort of divulged into either bad politics or pooping farting and sex jokes and um, under under a proper socialist systems and I don't mean you know uh, libertarian social systems I mean the sort of socialism that understands that every person is a unit and that every unit builds together to create a stronger wealthier and more importantly more morally uh, sort of uh, a, a morally better society uh, in a system like that what we see are the creation of the most unbelievable um, works of media the the, the films of Tarkovsky and, um, you know, a whole host of brilliant Russian directors, or the incredible children cartoons and children literature that, that dominated the, the Soviet Union. Um, I really don't see anything like that blossoming in a country in which the only incentive is to latch onto people's most based passions. If a film director wanted to come out and produce a film that really spoke to people in a way that improved them, then they would never make any money. People like David Lynch, who produce very high quality films earn at the very most 4 million pounds, whilst Avengers Endgame has a budget, which is, is it, four times higher than the entire amount of money we spent on trying to combat the Amazon fires. I don't think that under a, a capitalist system driven by profit, we can have the proper movements towards a better society.
3: Well then, I, I, I totally agree there. We won't, we can't, like a film will not be produced if it does not get, uh, does not get views. The film is ultimately there to make money under the system because the system is set up to provide profit for the shareholders and that is generally what, the, what is viewed as by the capitalist system as the primary purpose of a company. I totally agree with Henry that the system isn't working as it should because it doesn't seem in places to provide the care and let everyone in society flourish especially within the American system where it's very hard to actually cross that socioeconomic divide between the class systems and then where, where your salary is is more likely to be based on where your pa- parents' salary is. And I think it's much better in the UK where we have free schooling, we have free healthcare and people find it easier to move between those barriers and kind of turn their life into something new. Mm. Um, I think we were talking, uh, I was on... Henry's uh, drive time show in a week is very enjoyable. And we've talked about a new system, um, uh, I can't remember who suggested it, it was a system based on human kindness to replace the capitalist system. Yeah. And I, I don't believe it would fundamentally work, but it, it, is, it, would, it would be an interesting idea to look at different ways of motivating people to do work.
0: Well, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the biggest problem because. I would say a, lot, a large majority of our generation or, you know, just anyone on TikTok, everyone's always talking about, oh, the algorithm, oh, uh, the money you can make, people uploading content to YouTube, the people who go on Love Island, they're there because they want what is the sweet life. And everyone wants the sweet life. Everyone wants to have everything. And the sad reality is that not everyone can have everything. Uh, because that, you know, otherwise, economic, all economists everywhere would be out of a job because you know, economics is the study of scarcity, and that is that is the biggest problem that we all face: is that we all want everything, and there isn't everything to have because it needs to be shared out. And at, at some point, because and, and in that way, we're all a little bit selfish. I'm not saying you know, we're you know, we're all horrible people. We're all very nice people. We can all have a chat. Um, we treat others with kindness. We'll we'll you know, some of us volunteer. But the, at the end of the day, people are trying to f- try trying to get everything, and it is physically impossible. And a lot of people would prefer to do that in one of the easier ways, which is going onto YouTube and producing loads of content. Um, and I can safely say that us producing in this content, it's not going to be like ultra famous one day because it is a it's a podcast on the environment, which I would like to say it would be like being superstars, but again. There's not, it's not like it's a, a multi-billion dollar industry is climate activism. Um, but at the same time, how we can't, we can't sort of keep going the way it's going. And again, it, it, it's the question of how do you incentivize people to just work all their lives and then spend 20 years of it retired and, you know, at home or something like that? Because, you know, it's just one of life's great questions is it's, it's, the, it's the rat race. And uh, you know, everyone wants to win the rat race. And whether you and whether you say you don't or whether you have higher morals, it's just it's innate. Everyone wants to be it. Um some people may be content at being not it, but that, that's I don't know. I think it's mean, innate say,
3: as they say the grass is always greener on the other side. And it, it people do when people say like eat the rich or we should take down the rich or we should tax the rich, it's because they don't have that because once they have that they would protect it because they don't want anyone else to have it and there's always going to be a system you have have a system based on human kindness it won't necessarily work because there needs to be an incentive because that's how i believe the human mindset is made up and even mm. before we had currencies and means of pounds or dollars or euros you still had the original trading maybe in seashells or, or salt or trading Vegetables for different vegetables and money has only enabled us to say well. I want a carrot I have a cucumber, but the person who has the carrot doesn't want to trade for a cucumber So I'll find something it just finds something that matches at both. So I think that's how the system works and It is a good system. We just need to increase I believe in slightly increased regulation on stopping giant corporate conglomerates for taking over the whole industry and unfairly damaging the consumer um, and also also kind of social responsibility of the company to provide a happy workplace, so maybe so people can enjoy their work because you put in from when you leave school or you leave university, you put in 40, 50 years of your life working to have the goal of retiring. But if you actually think about it, all of, most of your life is gone. Just to aim at the end goal when you should be enjoying your life as it goes along. Mm. And. It's a system which needs to change uh, slightly, because we need to just evolve and almost add to what I call moral capitalism. So it's capitalism with morals. So it's not saying, oh, I must make money, so I'll kill 50 people in China because they don't want to do the work for me. Well, I'll kill 50 people uh, in in the States at my low level work because I'll pay them one pound an hour because I want to get rich. It's, you're allowed to get rich. You're allowed to have as much money as you want. lower taxation, but it's also making sure you don't unfairly harm any others on the way of going about it.
1: I mean, if I can, I think there's an important point that needs to be raised here, and it's one that should be considered every time we think about the rat race, uh, or or, or acquiring wealth. And I appreciate that what I'm about to say will be a little bit cheesy, but Mm -hmm. there is significantly more to life than the material. And I don't mean to say that, you know, that there are some things that you can consider along the side of, of, of looking for money uh, or looking for a larger house or, or, you know, four or five Bugattis or 84 yachts or, or whatever it is. Um, I'm saying that money and the material is something that exists purely as a minimum for you to pursue a genuine life in pursuit of, of tr- transcendent wealth. Uh, and that, that's a very corny phrase, but it means a life in which you understand the value of beauty, or you raise children, or you fall in love, or you you know create something beautiful and, and valuable, or add to your community. I think these are the things that actually have any genuine value, and everything else is just a tool to allow you to have the um, allow you to have the material circumstances that mean you won't die in in the in search of them. And this is the reality. We're not in a position of of post scarcity, and we never will be. But we are in a position where we have enough wealth in the world, enough resources in the world to mean that every person has the minimum required material circumstances for them not to die. And once you have that, all that matters is the pursuit of morality and the pursuit of culture. And this is something that we, we very, very often uh, miss out on when we think about the purpose of, of life. And it's something that capitalism will never be able to consider mm. because capitalism is only... Concerned with driving towards greater material wealth, and I, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but there is a point at which um, the concern of, of of the earth and the concern of every person should be towards bettering themselves. And I think that probably in the last twenty or thirty years we've we've reached that that point, at least in in the Western world. Um, things like free healthcare, things like universal basic incomes, things like federal jobs guarantees allow people to, A, contribute, uh, B, survive, and C, most importantly, pursue the things that make them better. And and, and that's something that I I don't think will ever really under capitalism. I mean, I
0: think probably just, we have to finish soon, is that um, we we just kind of have to begin to realize that uh, this age of prosperity you know in in development of the world, you know I want to say over the last seventy years or so since nineteen fifty is literally over because for the first time ever our our generation is being expected, especially our generation, millennials are being expected too, but even worse so of us we're being expected to continue to do more with less um, you know somebody said that to me today, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, he's totally right because." um it's totally true you know our incomes are going down relative to uh what we want there's less jobs there's more expensive houses and the salary doesn't (laughs) the salary doesn't relate uh, directly to what our parents did they could afford an eighty pound house in central london like my dad in the 90s i think i told you bought a house in peckham a whole house eighty thousand pounds and his salary was it was twenty thousand he paid it off in four years or, or five years or something like that because he had to put down a deposit as well and it's just you know that's something to take note of is uh, that that our generation has it harder and the system that is that, that helps our parents is no longer helping us so perhaps it's time for a change
3: the
2: really surreal thing is that according to most economic predictions um we should you know our productivity has massively increased so we should be working far less but in fact you know we're working we're still working eight hours seven hours a day when you know our output is much higher it would be much higher even if we work for one hour a day and that's why i'm a big fan of the whole uh four day work week because if we are going to carry on with the system even a transitionary sort of phase four four day work weeks yield fantastic results not only for workers mental health but also for increased productivity as well microsoft tried it with their workers in japan and they had i think a 33 percent increase in productivity and obviously their workers felt far happier especially in japan where everyone's overworked even more so i think that's i think that's the way forward at least in in some aspects
0: listen we've had a really great discussion today and i'd obviously love to keep it going longer but our time is unfortunately over big big boo ah um This has been Earth Preserve Podcast. I've been in the studio today with Harry, Mark, Andrew and Archie and myself, Henry. And uh, please do tune in next week as we'll be back. Thanks very much and we'll see you next time. Hi there. Thanks for listening to Earth Preserve's podcast. If you want to find out more about us, go to ourearthpreserve.com or check out our Instagram, which is also ourearthpreserve. Thanks for listening and do tune in next week.